0: Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. And we're
1: going to call this person Casey because that is the most used bisexual name. <laughs> it's a weird sentence. Wrong way to say that. You mean
2: like androgynous? Yes. For? <laughs> yes.
1: There are more bisexuals bisexual named name. Casey than any other name. It's episode 85 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is certified restorative breathing coach and strength coach Lucy Hendricks. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment and random musings with Rob. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you,
2: Rick? I'm all right. I'm fighting off some sort of illness.
1: Yeah, you, uh, you have like swollen lymph nodes and fevers. And, like, I don't fever know what the deal
2: stuff. is. My, the back of my neck hurts. And I started getting stiff at work, like, on Saturday nights, so, like, what is that, four or five days ago? Wait, your neck, your neck, ago, you're
1: talking about, right? Yeah, the okay. back of my neck. Getting, is that what st- getting stiff at work. Okay, sorry, Yeah, your okay. neck, okay.
2: And then, oh,
1: very clever. And then uh,
2: a couple <laughs> days ago, I got a fever, and so I went to, I couldn't get into a real doctor, so I had to go to a physician's assistant, and his response was, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> so, terrific uh, $25 copay for... Uh, well, you should uh, just
1: drop a whole bunch of weight on yourself and meet deductible, and then you can go to the doctor and have surgery, and uh, you don't have to pay anything.
2: Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> so um, you can finally have that elective like uh, <laughs> surgery of like, hey, I would like you to put in some more appendixes. Or, don't take them out. Put some in.
1: Or like, I think nipples on men are pointless. I want you to remove my nipples.
2: Hmm. That's that's not what I would have gone with.
1: You ever thought of that? Nope. Pretty pretty pointless. Okay.
2: Um. All right. Maybe for just, you they are. <laughs>
1: all right, just like last week, I'm gonna give you two options, kind of like the Mad, Mad Libs, and you're gonna pick what we talk about today.
2: That's not like Mad Libs, by the way.
1: What What is it then? What is?
2: It? It's like the choose your own adventure story.
1: What is Mad Libs? Where you just like Mad Libs? They have
2: blanks, and they tell you to fill it in with like a noun, oh, right. or a verb or an adjective. But it, by the time you're in fifth grade, you realize that the joke is just every noun you put with poop <laughs> and every verb you put pooped Fart. and every adjective you put poopy or something along those lines and yeah. so it's like the poop poopy pooped on the poop yeah so
1: well yeah. that that kind of sounds like by the way like... in
2: fifth grade very quickly i had a friend of mine scott thompson who did who bought a thing of mad libs at, a, uh, <laughs> at the book fair and filled it in with all like crazy sexually explicit oh, words geez. and he got found out and he ratted me out somehow Ooh. I had nothing to do with it, and we all got in trouble. Like uh, They thought we were sexual deviants. I was like, I didn't have anything to do with that. I laughed at it <laughs> when he read them to me, but I did not fill those in. Scott Thompson, you're a perv. Does
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a surprise to you that my four-year-old on, like only talks about tooting?
2: No, because that's what my four-year-old will do as well. Okay,
1: She's like, She makes up songs, and she like tells stories, and all she talks about is toots and tooting, and I tooted on your head and tooted on my head.
2: Hmm. I feel like that might be genetics for you, though. Yeah.
1: Well, it's probably because I always talk about it too. Yeah. But okay, so pick one or the other. The first uh, topic is like weird social interactions or free meal, free meal.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with free meal okay. because I know what that is, okay. and I feel like it's very funny. But I would like to also hear at some point.
1: Okay, maybe we can we can hold weird social interactions. I have a, a couple of, uh, of bullet points. So, okay, the other day, this what made me think of it. I have a cousin in Austin who is um, is a manager of the Alamo Draft House. He managed Jasper's down there for a long time. He's very uh uh well versed and has a lot of experience in the restaurant business he knows his stuff mm. right okay so we were down there uh, a few weeks ago and we went to a place called bangers downtown it's like a sausage place they specialize in sausage just like rick's are you being mom's. serious? yeah
2: are we being serious here Re- real, you're yeah. gonna tell me on this podcast that you went to a place called bangers and it's that, a sausage uh, specializes place.
1: in sausage <laughs> look it up i swear okay. Um, okay, Mark. Your mom is the CEO. And oh, there we go. But listen, we they're go. they're like that really is. That really is true. I'll put like Google it. And then there are 130- sure you didn't
2: giggle the whole time you were there, too.
1: Uh, and there were 130 beers on tap, which is just it's is it a really cool place. It's in, like an old house, like it's really cool. So we get there and there's a lot of people there and and so my my cousin is goes up and he like asks it's like 7:24 and i'll tell you why that's that's relevant so he goes up and he's huh. like asks the, the people uh, and so if anybody's not going to complain at a restaurant and knows like the uh the bad things that restaurant people go through it's my cousin right because he's dealing right. with this stuff all the time so he goes up and they're like uh we're actually not taking names until 7:30 and he, or, or we're not seating him until 7:30 and he's like okay well uh you just Put the name down. She said, like, "Oh, we're not taking names either." And so I was standing there, and he goes, "Like very <laughs> like-
2: right now, we're kicking." But the taking names comes late,
1: <laughs> right? So he's like, uh, "Hold on, okay. So you're not seating anyone, but you're also not taking names either, right?" Like very sarcastically, like it was kind of you know like ten of a tense moment, and so and they're like sorry. So then he goes around and talks to this other guy, and so we end up getting to sit down rather quickly. So that that brings up a point like, at what point? I guess we have to talk about my my mom and dad are the are the king <laughs> are the king and queen. Of getting a free meal. Like if there is anything wrong with their meal, they don't just like get a free appetizer. They will just get the whole meal comp. And it's not like it used to happen a lot. I mean, every time I'm with them, they're like, "Mm, we were at Applebee's the other night and there was the hair in my food and we got uh, all this. You know, it's like it happens all the time. So like at what point By the way, can
2: we just spell like what is so gross about a hair on your plate? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not a pube, right? I mean, if it's just regular hair. Well, you know what? I'm around all day regular hair people and if, if hair was so disgusting we would all be required to keep it under like a you know a bonnet all day long if hair to, was so filthy and disgusting yeah. you wouldn't let it see the light of day
1: we'd have to wear like underwear on our head because that's you know that's mm, basically that's what we're doing one. with underwear is just yeah, hiding yeah that's a great
2: analogy mark uh,
1: okay so um okay so this the other the other part of this now I'll kind of let you give your thoughts the the whole idea of paying And then getting your food, like if you go to a fast food place or like a yeah, something like that, or getting your food and then paying, and the dynamics of that is kind of interesting. I don't follow. You know, okay. So like if you if you were gonna like eat and then pay, that changes some of the dynamics because then when you pay, it's like okay, now the tip is relative. You know, it has to determine you know how good the service was and all this stuff. So there's this whole other dynamic to this sort of paying at the end of the meal when you're full and then uh, rather paying at the beginning of the meal when you're, it's almost like when you get the check after you're you're already full, it's kind of like you don't want to pay for it because you're full. I
2: waited tables for, oh, maybe about a year and a half, maybe not quite that long. It wasn't quite that long when we lived in Ohio. And so I don't have like a ton of restaurant experience, but I did wait tables for, for, you know, more than a year. And I can tell you that I feel like, most people, if you ask them, are you a good tipper, they always, oh, yeah, that's, I'll always leave 20%. Oh, always, always. 20% minimum." Ah, That is not even remotely close to being true. Not even remotely close. And I'm not saying that I was like the greatest, uh, you know, server of all time, but they only let us have like three tables at a time. So you really had to screw up something royally, which I would do every now and again, but you would really have to screw something up royally to not give someone like, pretty good service, you know, right. Better than, better than adequate service. I mean, look at the components. You go to the table quickly. You're oh, going to get you some of the drink. You bring your drinks, drinks quickly. You take their order quickly. You get their food out as quick as you can. And then when they're done, you take their money and make sure the drinks are refilled. There's not a whole lot to it. You're not curing cancer over here, <laughs> but I cannot tell you, man, the number of times that like on a $40 check that I would get a $4 tip. Mm. Man, it's insane. And so I really honestly think that as a country we should go to the tipless – like it's ridiculous how much – you know, how little some people will make waiting tables. Now, I can understand if you're really, really awful, but I feel like honestly for me, the 20% is the bare minimum. Now, for for you to get more than 20% for me, you have to do a really, really awesome job. But I'll leave you an extra dollar. Like uh, that's kind of my – for me, 20% is the bare minimum, and if you do an excellent job, you're going to get $1 over that. Okay. So if he checks $20, I'm going to leave you five. Yeah. Because, you know, just kind of a hey, this is more than 20%. I want you to know. That I think you did a good job. But, you know, it's not, uh, you're not, this is not fine dining when you go to Chili's or something like that. Right. You don't go to restaurants that often. But I think, uh, man, I have a million. Off- I know this is a little bit off the beaten path. Have I ever told you the fresh cherry story? No. Okay, so I'm waiting tables at this restaurant. It's a barbecue restaurant owned by the same company that owned uh, that owns uh, Red Lobster and Olive Garden and stuff. stuff. So,
1: Your favorite uh, restaurant. Yes,
2: Red, Red Lobster Red is lobster. my favorite restaurant. So uh, this guy and his wife come in, and it's kind of late, so it's, really, it's uh, getting slow. And I go up immediately. Our, we had a rule. You have to greet every table within 30 seconds. Well, that was kind of a challenge sometimes if you're busy, but we weren't busy. So I greet him immediately. Hey, Rick, I'm going to be taking care of you tonight. Can I get you something to drink? Here's our specials, yada, yada. And this guy says... I will have a Coca-Cola with fresh cherries, and I know what fresh cherries taste like, and if these are not fresh cherries, we're going to have a problem. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I know we have some cherries. Uh, I don't think we have multiple varieties, but I'll go get you everything we can. So I go and I get this guy's coke and his wife is whatever, and I put a you know five or six maraschino cherries and I bring it back and I was like, "Is this good? Is this what you're looking for?" And he's like, "Perfect. This is excellent." I'm like, "All right, that's a really weird thing to do." So I come back a few minutes later, take their order, yada yada. Uh, I wouldn't like uh, to me impeccable service is more like I know exactly what you want before you're going to order it. But you know they got really they got better than average service. They didn't have to wait for things. They had no they had uh, you know no refill issues. And their check was like fifty bucks, and this guy left me one dollar. What? Then not not even the crazy part of the story yet. So like three months later, the guy comes. The guy and his wife come in, basically same time, same type. of And day. of
1: course, you remember this person. Yes, yes. Yeah.
2: But he doesn't remember me. So this is like the ultimate like server's oh. revenge. Uh, I was like. I immediately recognize him, and I was like, "Are we sure that's the same guy?" Uh, hey, I'm Rick. I'll be taking care of you. What can I get you to drink? He's like, "I will have a Coca Cola with fresh cherries." And I know the difference between fresh cherries and not fresh cherries. And if they're not fresh, we're gonna have a problem. I was like, "Ha ha ha ha!" ha. Gotcha. Problem, all right. Yeah. So I was like, "Hey, I'll go get you Coke." So I go off, and I'm like, "Okay, you know what? I last time I busted my hump over this guy, and he left me one dollar. So eh, this guy's gonna get backburned. And so I am not kidding you. I took ten minutes to get their drinks. I finally came back over, and this is the end of the night where you're doing all this work to get the restaurant clean. So you have your like your side jobs you're supposed to do, like yeah. cleaning all the ketchup bottles or what have you. So I just was doing those things. It's like, hey, it's not going to be worth my time, so I'm just going to do my other things and you know get this guy when I can. So I basically brought him one drink, and I might have brought him like one or two refills. He, he and his wife had to wait all night long, <laughs> and you know what he left me one dollar. Yeah. So for this guy. It's a blanket fee of oh, I will pay the server one dollar no matter good or bad. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry. Go, might, go ahead well, with your free store. That's that's just that's my best restaurant. Uh, well, also, everyone in the restaurant used
1: cocaine except for me. Oh, geez, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Awesome. So that that reminds me of there was a there's a kid in Georgetown, Texas. I I know this because I was in Georgetown visiting my in laws and read this in the newspaper. There was a kid who they were they were closing up like a, a Papa Murphy's or something. It's one of those places where you make your like you go get the pizza and then you cook the pizza at home. Yeah, take and bake. I yeah, really, yeah, that's yeah. What we So them. he's like a uh, like she calls right before they close or something apparently and orders a pizza. Well, they like makes the kid mad that he's like was about to leave, I guess, and now he's got to like get everything back out and make this pizza or something. So man, God forbid yeah Yeah, have to work. I have to work. Well, here's the crazy part, and I don't understand the the the. the how this exactly happened well she she walks in to get her pizza and she sees the kid in the back and he has his junk on the pizza and so she you know obviously that's in the newspaper so there's this whole big thing and so and i put i put this on facebook at some point is when it happened but he was being represented this was not a joke it's on main street in georgetown i promise you you can look it up it is the dick law firm (laughs) <laughs> did you remember I remember seeing that when I posted that I don't
2: but that's really funny.
1: oh my gosh it was like I i thought it was a joke like in the newspaper and then sure enough we're going to eat in Georgetown that night and I was like oh you gotta be kidding me then I took a picture of like the dick law firm anyway um, well let's get to our interview uh, with Lucy uh, you weren't on it because I was not you have you know things to do whatever I had
2: swimming lessons with my older son which are now finally done and he can swim so hey alright
1: and he got a treat did you like my photo comment on your
2: I did not, no, <laughs> because I feel like that's fat-shaming, which is uh, Mark Roger.
1: <laughs> well, that guy, you know, he probably did that on purpose. Um, okay, so... More we-
2: inside jokes for everyone who does it, who... Yeah. Uh, is it personal is, friends with both of us yeah, on Facebook
1: sorry about that um, so let's get to the interview before we do uh, go to simplyhumanlifestyle.com that is the website we still have links to the, simp- uh, the nutrients and the skinny fat multivitamin and uh, oil the cooking oil uh, MCT and we also have an affiliate link for the primal professional shoes it is the uh, dress shoe with a, with a false heel. It's a zero-drop shoe, but it looks professional because it looks like it has a heel cut into it. Uh, I'm getting some soon. They are on back order uh, right now, but get them. They are awesome. Uh, we also have T-shirts at simplyandlife.com slash shop. Follow me on Facebook and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at SimplyHuman52. Email the show at SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com, or you can email Rick at SimplyHumanRick at gmail.com. Now, let's get to Lucy, where we talk about picking a good mentor, finding root causes of problems, the basics of breathing and position. You'll like this one. Bubblegum farts, cross-connecting, drunk drunk turtles, and giving people options. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, super excited to have Lucy Hendricks on the show. She's a graduate of the Lexington Healing Arts Academy personal training program and a current student massage therapist. She has her FMS certification and is also a certified restorative breathing coach. Lucy is very passionate about helping clients move and feel better through good movement and sound nutrition and is excited to continue expanding her knowledge in the years to come. Welcome, Lucy.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: You are welcome. I uh, I just basically read that straight off of the website. G- JimLaird.com. JimLaird.com. That is G-Y-M-Laird.com. We've had Jim on, I think, I haven't checked uh, in a couple of weeks, but he's been on a couple of times and the first time that he was on is is like early on, this is episode 85, he was on like episode 12 or something. And it was, oh, wow. it's the most listened, downloaded show we, we have, so... I don't know what I don't know why, uh like what what has factored into that. Probably that he's just really smart and people like him. So Yeah. Uh, so welcome, yeah. Um all right, well let's just uh I ran into you at Paleo FX and uh, known about you before that and you're gonna be at the JASA retreat in September and uh and we had, you know, a blast at Paleo FX and uh and looking forward to working with you more. But let's just go into sort of your background. Give us the 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 Lucy Hendricks background story and how you got to what you're where you're doing now.
3: Okay. Well, like you said, I went to this uh, personal training program about four and a half years ago, I think, and I had to do an internship there, and I ended up picking Jim as my um, mentor. And I was really scared because I thought he was going to be very hardcore and too hard for me. But as you can see, it's like the complete opposite. Uh, He showed me a different side of the fitness industry. He was getting people moving better and getting them stronger without trying to cause the body any harm. And he was also an amazing connector. And I think that's what really drew me into – his philosophy. He wasn't just looking at people's training. He was also looking at their sleep. He was getting people to meditate. He was getting people to take care of themselves outside of the gym because that's really how you get real results. So I really got um, fell in love with that side of the fitness industry. So after school, I ended up following Jim for like another seven months until he was ready to hire someone else. And I always joke that usually new trainers when they first get in the fitness industry, they start with one client and then another and they slowly build up their clientele. Well, I graduated and I got thrown into 150 clients. Uh, We have another coach with us helping us now and she's amazing. But it's been Jim and I for so long and we've been dealing with 150 clients. Now we have a little over 200 with three coaches. Wow. the good news is my boyfriend is moving in August and he will be helping us out.
1: Yes, I've been. Uh, if you follow Lucy on Instagram, what is your uh, Instagram? Uh, I follow you, but I can't remember like what your like little tag handle thing is. So I'll put it in the show notes. So what's your what's your Instagram? Okay,
3: yeah, I'll send it to you. I think it's just Lucy Hendricks. I'm not okay. sure. Maybe underscore in the middle. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'll, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. But um, are y'all? Are y'all getting married, or is he just moving there?
3: <laughs> he's just moving. Okay,
1: okay. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to like you know put the cart before the horse or anything here, but uh, yeah, he's gonna be listening to this. And be like, thanks a lot, Mark. You idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, so to kind of explain um, what what it is that you do. What are your philosophies on on health? And one of the things that I, I think you know picking a good mentor is is super important. Um, and if you look at Jim. You think like, you know, he's a, I mean, what's his, what's his PR deadlift? Like 800 pounds or something. You know, he's like this Probably huge. way more, yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at
3: him and I mean, how right. can you not listen to him?
1: <laughs> right, right. And you but you think of him and you think, oh, he's just going to tell me, oh, I just lift more, 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 more. Right. And you get to know him and you're like, wait a second, you meditate, you recover, it's like the, the more important to you than the actual lift that, you know, so. Um, Mm -hmm. so kind of how, what is your philosophy? I'm sure it's, it's very in line with Jim, but sort of what is your personal Mm -hmm. philosophy on how someone can achieve sort of optimal health and wellness?
3: Uh, looking at everything, not just the training I've always been. And I grew up this way and I think that's why it clicked so well with Jim is that I grew up, Um, trying to find the root cause to everything. My mom always raised me to ask myself why, like why are things happening to me and when I found the whole paleo community, it's like leaky gut and all these autoimmune diseases, I was like wow, they're looking for a reason too and same thing with movement, everybody's starting to get hurt and what Jim had was very new, so what our philosophy is, getting to the root cause of everything and that means your movement problems and your lifestyle problems, your eating problems, you have to look at everything not just how much you're training because I think we've been brainwashed into thinking eat less and move more – And I mean, it's a huge reality check when people come to us because most clients think they need to work out six days a week in order to get results. And here we are. Well, actually, less will get you better results. So we only need you in here two to three times a week. We need to work on position. We need to work on breathing, which we can talk about in a little bit. Yes. But that's where I really take charge on is the whole breathing thing. Um, Everyone likes to call me the breathing expert, but I seem to know a lot about breathing. But the more I learn about breathing and position, the more I realize there's so much more that I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. That's one topic that I, I want to make sure we spend some time on. Um, but how do you uh, handle like that, that sort of the look you get when you say, no, 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 you don't have to like run on a treadmill six days a week for an hour. You don't have to hate moving. You don't have to starve yourself. And then people are like, no, you're wrong about that. I think you do have to starve yourself. Like, how do you handle like what are the things that you do to show people that that kind of kind of flip that switch where they're. You know, they can kind of start to understand that starving yourself and this whole calories in, calories out thing mm-hmm. isn't the way for sustainable health.
3: Well, actually, that's one of the reasons why Jim did the orientations for four years because I wasn't ready to convince people. I mean, people looked at me and they weren't going to listen to me. Like, oh, just work out twice a week. Um, Jim has all the knowledge behind that. And now it's getting to the point where we don't market at all. So we get referrals. People, Most of the clients that come in are already ready to All right. uh, change things up because they heard about us from a really good client. So almost everybody in here walking in are referrals, so I get to talk to them. I really get to show them the movement, how getting your breathing right can help so much in the gym and outside of the gym. But when it comes to the whole lifestyle thing, most clients already know what they're getting themselves into when they come in. But I mean, that was the biggest reason why Jim had to lead almost every orientation right. because... Yeah, I mean, there are arguments sometimes, people cried sometimes, someone who was working out six days a week, sometimes twice a day, finally realizing that they've been overworking for so long. I mean, that's, that can be hard.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you touched on, it's, it's, it's kind of like how you guys do it. I think as a, as a gym and as an entity is a good way, mm-hmm. especially like a lot of our listeners, you know, I know they probably have those same questions where they're, they've made lifestyle changes and they are sort of understanding uh, the the sort of the the human way to do things, the way that we're designed to do stuff. And that they have friends, family that kind of look at them like, "Well, no, you have to watch your calories, and I'm going to weigh my food and count mm-hmm. this because that matters." And I think the best way for those people to sort of you know quote unquote spread the message is just there is just like showing and doing and the action. Yeah. And then for them to say, "Wait, hold on, now what are you doing?" And it's a lot of things. A lot of times I tell people like, "Yeah, order like the." You know, don't order the flour tortillas with your fajitas. Just get, just eat the meat and the vegetables. And then the first time you know that happens, you're, the people at the table will say like, "Oh, hey, hey you got any flour tortillas?" And like they'll make fun of you. But then, like then, you're the one that's like losing all this weight and feeling great and not having to starve themselves. And then. And then they're going to come to you later and say, what, what What? are you doing? Now it sort of opens that conversation. So the way mm-hmm. you guys are doing it, it's kind of that same way. Y'all are just doing it sort of on a larger scale as an entity. Like, okay, we don't need to go out and go door to door and say, hey, y'all, y'all are fat. You need to be doing this. You know, like that's not going to work for anybody. So I think that's a, that's a good thing to, to kind of touch on. But um, all right, breathing. Uh Start from the basics like give us the okay we're all all the the listeners right now we're all third graders and just (laughs) take it down to a super simple level start at the beginning and give us the breathing spiel
3: okay. So what I do is I do two different things. I talk a lot about position and we work on a lot on position in the gym. But then I also bring awareness to people's breathing and explaining it. It seems very similar to mindfulness. And I know you're really into mindfulness. But first position. So we're huge on posture. And what we see when people come in is that they're stuck in extension. So too much lordosis because a natural curve is necessary. But what happens is most people have a weak core and their diaphragm, which is the muscle right underneath the ribs, uh, ends up being too uh, overactive. And our diaphragm is huge. So when most people come, come to us, they're stuck in extension and their ribs are flared, which let us know that their diaphragm is flat. And when the diaphragm is flat, its main job is to be the main breathing muscle. But when it's flat, it's unable to do that. It becomes more of a postural muscle. So your body is an amazing compensator. So when one muscle is not doing its job, it gets something else to do its job. And it's people's low back and it's the scalenes and the pecs. And then we tell people there's a reason why you're tight. Because most people, the first thing they want to do when they feel tight, like their hamstrings feel tight or their shoulders feel tight, they want to stretch. But we always tell them there is a reason why you feel tight. So this is where I have to get people to buy into and in their orientation because I show them their limitations, and then I teach them that getting them in a better position, like getting the diaphragm to dome up again, and that by teaching them how to exhale can help loosen the other things
1: up. Yeah, and, you and finally, quickly, yeah, mm-hmm. just to to make, clarify, like when she says that people are locked in extension, that's like think about. If if somebody tells you like stick your butt out as far as you can Mm -hmm. like kind of the uh, oh what do the kids call it twerking or whatever that is (laughs) you know kind of sticking that out way out there like that's for that extension where there's a lot there's a way big curve in that low back that's that's what she's talking about Mm -hmm. when she's saying stuck in extension okay sorry.
3: Yeah, and you want to think that. so you're stuck in extension. You're arching your back. So those back muscles are so toned and so um, overworked because you're doing everything with that because your abs are not there to take the load off of your low back. So almost everything you do, you're going to feel in your low back. So if we get people in a better position, not only does that help – regular breathing because like i said before if the diaphragm is not doing its job all the neck muscles are going to start doing its job and that pelvis tilted in that position can also make your hamstrings feel pretty tight so getting i like to explain it as a canister think of your core as a canister and when your ribs are flared when your ribs are pointing up that canister is not pointing in the right direction so i teach people how to exhale which is what i did with you what did you notice when you did that
1: um you know it it What I noticed the most was how how really tight I was, sort of underneath, um, like the bigger muscle groups, like on on your back, and you've got your traps and Mm -hmm. those big muscles, and I I could really feel like sort of the I don't know if that's the erector spinae or whatever it is that underneath those big muscles were Mm -hmm. tight, and that's you know, and I'm sure those get neglected when you're you know sort of living in the in the modern world that we live in, we're sitting in cars and, and you know, not uh, moving correctly or moving like we're designed to move. But that was the first thing that I noticed.
3: Yeah, and it's I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can through a podcast, but I will send you a link with the videos. That way people can look through it because it's very hard to explain right. what we do but position like breathing 101 how i teach people how to exhale i get them down on the floor feet against the wall to help them keep that pelvis tucked because they're always um they're always arching so, so, can, so their legs, can their legs can their legs be naturally. straight
1: can their legs be straight or do you want them bent i if like people someone's just saying this okay so bent slight bend in the knees feet flat mm-hmm. against the wall
3: yeah hips at 90 to keep it simple knees okay, yeah, at 90 yeah. degrees and hips at 90 degrees
1: okay there we go
3: Feet on the wall, and that automatically gets their low back off or onto the floor, gets them out of that extension, their back arched. And sometimes I'll use a balloon because when I ask someone to exhale, they don't truly know how to exhale. Because if that diaphragm is overactive, it's stuck in an inhalation. And when you're stuck in inhalation, you're going to be using all your chest muscles way too much. So I get them to breathe in through their nose and then full exhale through the mouth all the way out until they don't have any air left, left. And what you'll notice is your ribs will start going down. And that's a good position for your ribs to be in and I have them hang out there on that exhale for a little bit, and they have I have them breathe in. What you don't want when you breathe in is for your low back to come off the floor because that means you're going back into extension, back to that um, bad pattern. So I keep their low back on the floor, and that gets air into their belly, into their sides, into your chest, and you're getting air everywhere. And then you, I have them repeat that a few times.
1: So do you think, like, I know you, a lot of people are... are uh stuck in flexion a lot like when they're sitting when they're in cars mm-hmm. when they're at their desk do you think like a lot of this sort of over extension or hyper extension is sort of a uh, like an overcompensating thing like people feel like so tucked all the time that when mm-hmm. they stand up they kind of feel like they need to 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 overdo it and then then you sort of go too far the other direction instead of just being in that neutral position
3: um well here's my thought on it i think people are not really stuck in flexion. But since we don't have our core to hold us up, we have no other option but to collapse when we're sitting.
4: Okay, yeah. Um, like, like and I do want people to off. get
3: long and tall because when people see me coach people into flexion, they're like, well, that's not what people need. I want people to get long and tall through their spine. But if I don't, um, if I don't Get those ribs to go down with them, and then get long and tall. Then they're just going to go into back extension when they get long and tall.
1: Right. So, right.
3: Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like um. So you mentioned like about the balloons too. Like when you exhale, when you're mm-hmm. breathing out. I think another way that you showed me was that you can like kind of breathe through your your fist. Um, yes. And and it's like when you're exhaling, somebody if somebody came up to you and just like like punched you in the stomach, like it shouldn't hurt. Like there should, you should have some, some, all that should be turned on. Is that right?
3: Yeah. There is no way you won't feel your obliques turn on. And that's what I tell clients. I'm like you feel your abs are like, yeah. I'm like, there you go. Those are the abs I want every time I'm asking you to do a dead bug on the floor or a plank or a squat or a deadlift. So I, I help clients find their abs so they know what that position feels like and they carry it over to every single exercise. And that. That helps them do it correctly, and then that also allows them to know if they're going too heavy or if that exercise is not for them. If they lose that brace, they know, like you know what, that was a little too heavy. Or this exercise is not for me. So it also creates smarter clients and a minimal risk of injury.
1: Right. So like if somebody's sitting down, like to watch a movie or or driving, what do you what do you like? How do you coach them to say like? I know from what I understand, like we our abs and our glutes and everything, like shouldn't shouldn't be turned off really unless you're asleep. Like, but we, we've we gotten in the habit where if you sit down on a big comfy couch, like everything shuts off. Like, so how do you coach people like in just through everyday life, sitting in their desk or, um, you know, if they uh, are going to be on a long road trip or something?
3: Um, Core slightly braced. Like if they're on a long road road trip and I don't want their core to be like turned on and braced the whole right, entire like, time, like but flexing, if they are feeling uh, stiff. Yeah,
1: and you're like sweating. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but if they are feeling stiff, getting mimicking those exercises that we do in class is like blowing their ribs down and then getting in that good position, bracing, and then filling up with air, really filling up their low back where they feel tight, their sides, their belly, their chest. So practicing breathing and bracing in a good position. So we call this bracing and breathing in a good position, kind of like your own personal belt of protection.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's usually that, that what we teach sense. people how
3: to do if they are feeling stiff and or we teach them to do certain exercises, getting off the chair and walking around and doing some exercises to get their core engaged and then going back onto the chair.
1: So if someone listening to this, uh, what what can they do? I know after we after you work with me, like the first thing that I did when I got home was like, I went and bought some balloons. And so, <laughs> so like, what can someone do with balloons? Like, how can that how can a, a simple little tool like that uh, help somebody?
3: You will feel it learning how to get those obliques on, getting your abs turned on to kind of shut off your back. And the easiest way not to mess it up is laying on that on the floor, feet on the wall, and just keeping that low back on the floor as you breathe back in.
1: So is that one of those deals? Like I know, like when you're standing, turning your your glutes on, or like uh, sort of flexing your butt. Uh, I guess another mm-hmm. way to say that is a, is a pretty good thing. I mean, you really can't mess that mess it up as far as like getting your pelvis neutral when you. When you flex your butt because that's kind of like the purpose there you know so is it one of those deals where you don't need a, a ton of coaching cues it's like if you put your feet up on the wall like you said and you inhale and then and then you know blow the balloon up you sort of automatically get neutral mm-hmm. and everything sort of braces like it's supposed to is that is that right yep
4: cool
3: and then there's a few things so So, yeah, I can give you a few things to look for, too. So one's the low back, making sure the low back doesn't come off the floor when you take a breath in because then you're just going back into extension. And the other one is the neck. Usually if you're big and strong, uh, you might need a pillow. So if you do feel your neck work when you're exhaling, you either need a pillow or the balloon is too much because the balloon is definitely not for everybody. Um, I try to use it when someone really doesn't understand when I'm trying to get them to exhale. Because what people do is they'll give me the, little, the yoga breath, the uh, shh, you know what I'm talking right, about?
1: Right, 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 yeah.
3: Um, I'm like, no, 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 not the yoga breath, like hard exhale, like as hard as you can. And then they don't want to make noise. So I usually get the balloon when they really don't understand what I'm trying to get them uh, get them to do. Uh, but the big thing is the neck. So if the balloon's too hard to blow up, or you feel your neck working, just get rid of the balloon and use your fist okay. and pretend you have a balloon.
1: Okay. Um, and I, I've seen Jim before, like take some folks through like a, a breathing exercise, and, mm-hmm. and the people are like like exhausted and they're sweating. Like is that is that something that you guys do? Is like is, like is in a warm up, or is this something you do afterwards, or can it be done anytime?
3: Anytime. Well, mostly in the warm-up because all of our warm-ups have some type of reset, getting the core in a good position. But if someone is new, it might be single-arm farmer carry um, with a breathing exercise and prowler like four to six times through. So it depends. But, yeah, we would usually do it in the warm-up to get people – in a better position okay. yeah when you see people sweat is because they're not used to being in a position right. i had my roommate who can squat like 300 pounds he's very he works out all the time and i had him do uh, a reaching squat which is a squat inflection so we wouldn't load this squat really it's just teaching people how to get out of extension and he was shaking he said it was one of the yeah. hardest things he's ever done
1: yeah so and it was yeah. 10
3: pounds in his hand
1: <laughs> yeah just do that like like what we said earlier just the simplest thing you can do get your feet up on the wall Get, mm-hmm. get a balloon or your fist or whatever and try keeping keep your low back kind of keeping everything fired up, do that like 10 times and see if you're not if you're not feeling that uh, it's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, you will definitely
3: feel your obliques, your core muscles and then that is the type of bracing you want to do in every exercise you do yeah. when you're squatting, think where are my ribs so get your ribs and pelvis to meet kind of in the middle to create that canister
1: Right, and just, just quickly sort of a, a tangent off of that uh, you know, this one of the cues, a lot of People know when you're squatting, it's like look up, look up, look up, and so as mm-hmm. soon as you squat down and you're looking up, well, all the, all you've done is broken that. You know now you're now you're bent at your neck, and then you're you're flaring your ribs up, and it's yep. not that's not the right position. Like look up is is in my opinion a pretty horrible cue, uh, right for a uh, for a squat. But that's a whole other. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. One of the things we talked about, um, kind of like how the balloons sort of force you into that good position. Um, mm-hmm. And you mentioned the prowler, which made me think of this. So there are other things that you can do that sort of like you you had no choice but to get in that good brace position. Like, uh, so just explain how like the prowler and uh, I think uh, if I remember right, we used to like like a uh, balancing on stuff sort of uh, forces you to turn on your core. So what are some of those things that that you do with people to kind of to wake those muscles up.
3: Yes, we do a lot of single arm carries because you have no choice but to be tall and then we do cue the ribs down and just walk with like 30, 40 pounds in your hand without moving and automatically you have to turn something on and then we have some balance beams where we get people to cross connect and get get them moving I mean, it's ridic- It's crazy to see little kids not be able to cross-connect on a balance beam. And we have them, uh, older clients, will have them walk a line and getting people on all fours and making sure, telling them there's a glass of wine right on their low back and they can't move and getting them to do some knee circles. We also like uh, rocking. We call this drunk turtle, and it's teaching you how to be in flexion. So we get them on the floor on your butt, and then you use momentum, and you just rock back and forth. As long as you can keep your low back flex and then you just rock in a circle. And those are things that are really hard to mess up that are getting people in a better position. So uh, we also like uh, my favorite, and we call it bubblegum fart. Okay.
1: Um, I'm listening. Yeah.
3: So you do a big stability ball uh, right against the wall. And you're on all fours, your hands and knees. And you're facing away from the ball. So you're going to put the ball right on your butt. So it literally looks like you're farting the ball. And you push against the ball, you stay neutral, so I put him in a good position. If you lift one one arm up and just give me a few breaths, that you, there, you have to feel it in your core. We've huh. only had one client in the whole entire gym that doesn't feel it.
1: <laughs> well, it's because he's probably not an expert farter like the rest of us. <laughs> I, I am an expert farter. I'm definitely going to try bubblegum farts. And actually, if Rick was on the on the call my co-host, he would probably make some joke about how I'm going to try to swallow bubble gum and actually fart a, a <laughs> bubble. But that's, yeah, I made that joke for Rick. Um, uh, You you mentioned cross-connecting. So, oh, the other thing that I heard you say was that, okay, get wine on your back and then drunk turtle. So is there a, a <laughs> connection between the drunk turtle and the wine, glass of wine? Sure, like there's a turtle drinking the wine.
3: <laughs> no, but a client just named that exercise. Uh, but anytime someone is facing down on all fours and a plank or crawling we cue glass of wine right on your hips so make sure the hips aren't moving because if your hips move all over the place that means your low back's moving so we want that stable
1: yeah and then I know you've got the the breathing video and I've done some uh, I did a video and I'll I'll link to it in the show notes too it's kind of like the rock back like you said like kind of get on all Mm -hmm. fours and push back and, and until you're, you know, kind of the way I tell people is like as soon as your butt starts to sort of fold under, like, okay, that's your end range. And just kind of practice keeping that, that uh, joint between the, you know, your L5 and your sacrum, like, stable and not moving at all. Um, and so, and you mentioned cross-connecting. So, when you say that, what, what do you mean by cross-connecting?
3: Getting them the left and right. Uh, meeting in the middle so getting their knee and elbow to touch right in the middle getting them reaching getting them moving in different planes because most people um, I don't know much about it but I've read a little bit about it how cross-connecting and cross-crawling is so important for kids especially kids when they're developing and if you think about it now kids aren't even cross-connecting when they are walking because they're walking with a phone right in front of them
4: right yeah, so, we get
3: people to do that and kind of helps recover. Um, we we get them to do it at the beginning of the workout or sometimes after. Or if someone is, uh, if they really need to work on their movement patterns, that can just be a filler that they do. Really work on balance. Yeah, Get um, some thinking, coordination.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also like neuromuscular stuff mm-hmm. and connections that, that are super important. It's kind of like... Uh, when people are always walking around with socks and shoes on, there are some there are some really powerful like n- neural connections between your brain and the and the nerves and your bottom of your feet, which are some of the most sensitive nerves and some of the most amazing sensory inputs we have. And if if they're in a sock all day, all they all their sensing are the, is the inside of your sock. And so in that sort of that same way, there are other. Uh, senses that are that are designed to feel different things and to be you know put into uh, you know different experiences and if we if that never happens it's sort of like how we've uh, lost the ability to thermoregulate uh, we can't you know if it's if it's cold water we're too cold if it's hot we need air conditioning like we just can't uh, self regulate our, our temperature because of stuff like that but um I, actually are you familiar with Daniel Vitalis no he's a very uh, he's like a I don't know how to describe him. Very natural movement, natural. Uh, he, he sends out emails like at the full moon and the new moon. He's like all into the cycles of everything. I, I need to have him on the show at some point. He just put a link to something uh, on Facebook. And, and, I, and I thought of you because it talks about the there's muscles in your upper back that are, that are locked up because we never climb. We never hang. We never... Uh, we never do these things mm. that we're designed to do and so how it's like kind of talking about you know shoulder health and upper back health and uh, and even lower back health like if if you're if you start climbing more and start doing some more of these like hanging climbing things and i i thought of be all because, these
3: primal movements yeah. that we're meant to be doing
1: right exactly like we wouldn't need self myofascial release we wouldn't need all this stuff if we just sort of like lived out like we're designed to live but it's because right you know I, I had knee surgery a couple about 3 weeks ago and i haven't done any like hip mobility in 3 weeks and so today was the first day that i got up against the wall and i was doing like the the v thing you know like like spread my hips out and then i was doing all this hip mobility and i am just unbelievably tight like it's just crazy how tight i got in like three weeks and it's like i wouldn't have to do all this mobility if i was like going you know squatting for you know accumulation of like 20 minutes a day and doing all anyway um but uh anyway, I'll, no, yeah, you're
3: totally right uh, we would i wouldn't have to teach people how to breathe if we didn't have if we didn't have this much you know, if we weren't living the way we were, if we weren't sitting since we were like in kindergarten right, right. and if we yeah, we quit moving, yep. I wouldn't have to teach someone how to breathe.
1: Well, it's good for us because uh, you, you wouldn't have a job if, uh, <laughs> if everyone yeah. lived out in the wilderness. But uh, so there's that. Um, OK, I can't believe this. I just checked the time thinking we were like at 19 minutes and we're at 28 minutes. Oh wow. How is that even Time possible? Flies. I'm wondering if I yeah, I guess I I guess it is twenty-eight minutes. Um so okay, I'm gonna ambush you with this question. And it doesn't have to the answer has can be nothing about what we just talked about, but it is what is something you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable.
3: Mm. Giving other people an option. Um Like I said earlier, I grew up uh, with my mom teaching me how to ask myself why, why things happen to us because when we were younger, my brother had all these learning problems and, of course, the doctors wanted to put him on medication and the teachers thought he was horrible and my mom – and this is before there was a Rob Wolf out there, a Sarah Fergoso. There were no, no one out there talking about gluten or leaky gut or anything and my mom dedicated her whole entire life plus owning like a restaurant and a video store with my stepdad and Like four retail stores. She invested so much time in trying to find an answer for my brother. There was a reason why he was acting this way. And she took gluten out. She took sugar out. She took carbs out. She took everything out, trying to figure out what was going on with him. And... Um, that's how I grew up. And when people come to us and I've kind of developed my niche and my niche is post rehab pre training. So I'm starting to get these people who are out of rehab, but still have all these different movement problems. And some of them have been looking for an answer for so long. And I gave them another option that they didn't even think was out there. Kind of like my mom when she found a doctor here that finally said, you know what, your son might be uh, gluten intolerant. Maybe taking that out will help his learning problems. So I feel like I'm that to some people. Yeah,
1: very cool. And uh, yeah, in, in this day and age, it's like, all right, this is your, on paper, here's your panel, here's your blood panel. So because of this, you're supposed to take this and this. And mm-hmm. and you don't have any options, like you said. And, and it's so much about, I love how David Perlmutter, the guy that wrote Grain Brain, what he talks yeah. about is treating... Treating the person that has the illness, not the illness the person has, and uh, right. I think uh, I think that's huge. And I think what you and Jim are doing is exactly that. You guys are are uh, you know sort of the cutting edge of you know. I love y'all shirts. I bought one of the Jim Laird shirts, and it says "Rest More" on the back. Uh, which, you know, you think of like a strength and conditioning shirt is always like no pain, no gain, like no blood, no rep, like all this stuff. And it's like y'all shirt. is like uh, you need rest. Uh, and I just I love that concept. And I think, you know, you guys wouldn't have 200 plus members if it wasn't, you know, if it, if everyone was like, well, we're still really fat and we, <laughs> we I'm still addicted to sugar. I don't know. I guess I'm going to keep telling my friends to join up. So it's obviously working and uh, and you guys are doing great stuff. Thank you. All right, well, uh, hang out for a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but uh, okay. really, uh, really appreciate you being on. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All
1: right, thank you, Lucy. We will link to all of her stuff in the show notes. JimLaird.com. That's G Y M. L A I R D dot com. No, it's a a pun. You like that? I like that. It's pretty good. He has the perfect name for being like an awesome strength coach. So, uh, but yeah, Lucy's great, and I'm sure she'll be back on. and, And I'll probably take my recording stuff up with uh with me when we go to northern california for the jasa retreat and where lucy will be there That just get like take 20 minutes and get all of them and have shows for like six months um all right it is now time for the humans being human segment you know a lot of a lot of times uh when we're looking for stuff or you know we just want a good laugh we'll we'll reach out to rob and uh <laughs> and every now and then he will he will uh indulge us and uh, come on the show so we have a cut we actually recorded a couple segments with him so he's going to be on right now and then he's going to be on uh in a few shows uh maybe like later on this month or next month but we just this is just random musings i think he texted us uh let's talk about when i blow my shirt into or Blo- blow my shirt yeah blow, blow my nose into a shirt from the dirty clothes hamper and then we just sort of go from there uh we rob bre- Rob Bentley joining us on the Humans Being Human segment, um, and oh. uh, we have some things to discuss off air, Rob. But before we do that, yeah. um, let's let's talk about uh, being married and the things that gross men do. How about that? You, you may Rob, yeah. I have gone back recently and listened to all of the Rob Humans Being Humans, just because they're so funny and because I wanted to hear him say. You Franco Harris bleep, mother bleep, which is one of my all-time favorite lines of the whole show.
5: Oh
2: my a certain 13-letter swear word. Yeah. How do you know off the top of your head that it's 13 letters? you just count because that Because mother is 10. Oh, in
5: <laughs>
1: Hang on. Hang on. I've got to make a note to bleep that out. Hang on. All right. Hold on. Uh, okay, so one of the things that you mentioned, I thought would be funny, is to talk about uh, blowing your nose with the shirts out of the hamper. And and sort of leading into that, I will if I'm sick or something. Mm-hmm. You know, what are handkerchiefs made of? Well, sort of a cotton right blend yes. sort of fabric. Which is
2: handkerchiefs, what... huh? All right, grandpa. No, no, but
1: listen, but listen, that's what well, I, yeah, I use handkerchiefs i handkerchief my I'm grown Listen, I don't have a handkerchief. That's, okay, if you're an
2: adult
5: you should have if you're an adult. You should definitely have handkerchiefs. That like is the real...
2: stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm not like a, a lawyer or a businessman. I don't wear
1: a suit. <laughs> a businessman? Um, I am, though. Yeah. <laughs> Rob is both of
5: those things. Whenever I meet with Supreme Court justices, I always make sure I've got a handkerchief to blow my boogers into. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> my, my point was that that is the sort of the going fabric for nose-blowing. Yes. Right. Yes. So, which is also, which is also oddly what a lot most of my t-shirts are made of. So I'll I'll just blow my nose on the shirt that I am wearing. At the time, is that gross?
5: Yes. Uh, Why are you asking? (laughs) Yes, that's gross.
1: Because it it just dries. It will just eventually dry.
5: Yeah, it dries and then okay, appears to, as crust on your shirt. Right.
2: I think we need to define what time. How of late it, in the like, day are you? Yeah, doing yeah. This? What time of day are we doing this? Is this like well, first thing before you even leave the house? Yeah. Like, well, you got to blow my nose. Oh, well.
1: No, I, th- this is like if I'm. I only do that like if I'm sick and I'm going to be home all day. So I'll just do it in the shirt that I've slept in and then I'll just wear it the rest of the day.
0: Mm.
5: Oh, that's. Uh, I, feel I think like just, The germs from your sickness are just living on your stomach. Right.
1: Here. <laughs> Right.
5: <laughs> uh, to each teach their own.
1: I do actually. I, uh, do y'all blow your nose in the shower?
2: Yeah, certainly.
1: Okay, so Would I you like to pee in
2: the shower. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I, Shut up, no, Rob,
1: some, absolutely. One time no, I was one time I'm, I was peeing in the shower and I looked down and like my all my wife's like little like, uh, oh, what are they called? The thing that you wash yourself with?
5: Washcloth. Lufa. Wash cloth? Lufa.
1: No, like her loofah and like all her little like exfoliating sponges were like at my like at the bottom of the shower, and I was just peeing all over them. Uh, <laughs>
5: Did you tell her? No, no. God, you're an idiot. Once you have been married longer than 30 minutes, you need to stop doing
1: this. <laughs> well, it's sterile. Urine is the most sterile Until liquid.
5: I uh, comes into contact with oxygen, and then it becomes a super hospitable. Uh, zone for bacteria. Oh, Shut well. up with your science. Yeah, up. you and your. I, science. Guess, I saw I mean, bear
2: girls drink water squeezed out of an elephant turd. Okay, so oh, I think if I take <laughs> the shower, it's going to be okay.
5: Uh, can I tell you guys why I'm very vehemently opposed to going to the bathroom? In the no, shower? it's it's, ve- ve-
1: it's vehemently. Quickly, it's, how ve- did you say that it's word? Ve- that you ve- no, no, no. It's.
2: V- can you pronounce that word again?
1: Vehemently. <laughs>
2: Because yeah, we argued, Mark vehemently. and I argued about this on the last uh, well,
1: podcast. No, you're right. He we didn't argue. it's pronounced no.
2: vehemently. No,
5: <laughs> that is that, that. that is how I uh, like used to read that word before I knew how it was pronounced,
1: and okay. that's how I said it in my head. A couple so of things. in good company. couple that's things okay. there. I didn't think it was vehemently. I is. said vehemently, and as soon as you corrected me, I did not argue with you. I acquiesced and said, "Okay, yes, you're correct." Okay. So there's no argument. Continue. Okay. Continue okay. your
5: story, Rob. Uh, when I, uh, when I, when we were in school, I uh, worked for the maintenance department for a master plumber. And uh, in maybe dorms, we had to. Is this before
1: out. or after you worked for the master baiter?
5: <laughs> hey, good one, Mark.
1: Let's continue.
5: Sorry, I, I lost the connection. Hold on. I think okay. I got it back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it went dead for a second, and uh, I didn't hear anything. It was weird. So, are we, are we back? We're back. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, so, <laughs> we had to solder out all of the like old plumbing fixtures in maybe dorm in all the bathrooms. We remodeled them, and so when uh, I was on the second floor, furthest shower to the west, I felt really self-conscious soldering that one out because that's the one that i used when i lived in maybe dorm and i had peed in it so many times <laughs> so i can't tell you how many times i don't think that one in particular but i can't tell you how many times like soldering out like the old like drains that uh whatever was in there would like fall down and spill on my shirt or oh. on uh Ooh. my body <laughs> <laughs> Rick, did you, just so you shirtless shit- plumbing
2: fun, and Bathing herself in <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands of other people's urine.
5: <laughs> well yeah, it's pretty it like it doesn't it doesn't come out like looking like apple juice when you take the, <laughs> the, the trap off of there. It's just like coal black.
1: And Ugh. it just spills. There's lungs. hair. It There's reeks. hair in it. And yeah, it's, food it's particles.
5: So, so don't yeah. pee in the shower. Like if if not for your bride. Just because of like what's going in there, how gross that is in well, one day. I don't a, need you to, or
2: anybody to be my mother.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I will also say soldering out the uh, the drain pipe and maybe dorm. There were probably other things in that drain pipe. Uh, yeah, that were worse than pee. I,
5: well, I've already been bleeped once.
1: <laughs> like poop.
5: <laughs> I don't think that's what we're talking about. Oh, when I'm sick, sometimes yeah, to bring it back around to like being sick, sometimes uh, I've. Uh, I, I'm not intentionally, but I've had diarrhea in the shower. That's, that's
1: not my favorite. Rick, do you have any diarrhea I know,
5: in the shower? No, I've never
2: in the shower.
5: I have, it, it, like if you have a stomach bug or you get like a bunch of yeah. sinus drainage, you uh, that's happened.
1: I have one diarrhea in the shower story, but it happened in that's a shower. That's weird. Sh- we but, like, only have one. But, but listen, yeah. it didn't happen in a shower that I was currently residing, like in a home that I was <laughs> residing in. It happened we were house sitting for someone else, and it happened in that person's shower. <laughs> So, thank God.
5: <laughs> Did you tell them? Like, no.
1: <laughs> who was it? I. You don't know them. They're very wealthy people. Um,
5: huge. That's why you don't know them. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't associate with riffraff like myself. Huge, well. huge
1: shower. Yeah.
5: That's, I, I think you made a uh, a good move in the class war there, Mark. <laughs> Putting some dainty beats too in a rich person shower.
2: <laughs> Mark is really trying to get back at the one percent. <laughs> He's gonna occupy <laughs> occupy shower drain. Doo-doo.
1: These are the same people that had like a fourteen year old uh, like a golden not a golden retriever it's like a cocker <laughs> spaniel or something and they had it cremated and put the urn with the cremated remains of the dog like on their mantle.
5: That's really uh, is that weird. I would yeah. put that on our mantle. We have it in our study. <laughs> Cookies in our study, or her remains. It's not her.
1: No way. Obviously.
5: Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah like uh, you know, eventually we'll take and scatter her in some special places.
1: How old know? was Cookie?
5: Fourteen.
2: Hey, hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to get too De- far off. Track De- dead dog talk, huh? It's a real <laughs> light. Real light. Yeah. Target. Edit out the last two minutes. <laughs> so, if I may, we started talking about blowing your nose on t-shirts and i feel like i'm coming at this from a very naive standpoint do people think that's gross because that's something i've been doing i'm 35 for i don't know at least 20 years like if i have to blow my nose and i don't have a box of kleenex right there which i don't even know where i could find kleenex in this house i would just uh well there's a dirty shirt on the ground i'll blow my nose on it and like because you're gonna wash it
1: well you're talking about using
2: like my my, you know my church clothes to do it it's a like a a pair of underwear.
1: Ray like goes to church. Yeah, right. You
5: shouldn't use a pair of used underwear to blow your nose. Like I don't whatever. use the butt area. Where I'm like, <laughs> I, use, I don't what wear the...
2: like uh, the world's tiniest bikini. Like, uh, <laughs> why know. do I constantly have like styes in my eyes? I, I, I wear <laughs> boxers, so like there's quite a uh, bit of material that's not coming into contact with any of my two, you know, awesome zones. The only the only <laughs> is it um... coming into contact with sweat though.
5: Because
2: well, uh, my shirt is coming into contact with sweat, so it's the same thing. Yeah, but not sweat from your uh, rear end. (laughs) I am not using uh... the part of the shirt of the of the underwear to blow my nose on. I'm using like one of the leg parts that is not in any way. I'm not using underwear that I just got done like mowing the lawn in that are soaked (laughs) like with, with sweat. It's just a pair of like old boxers.
5: Every time I change my underwear, it's they're like super sweaty and. Like I mowed the lawn in them. <laughs> that's so, a weird like, thing. That's, to say. So that's what I have imagined. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't sweat profusely like a crazy person. So okay, I I do. So that's that's off limits for me. I can't do that.
1: So uh, to me, it's it, it's a uh, it kind of a, it's a waste reduction because yeah, yeah like you just use yeah. and I'll just use the same shirt and then it's only it's it's like easier on the sensitive skin around your nose and mouth. Uh, at least mine is very very sensitive. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so then you don't have to yeah, throw stuff away and you're going to wash it anyway. I'll just keep like some undershirts by me or maybe just one and just use that all day. The worst is like if you just blow your nose and there's like a really big thick wet one on there and then oh, like and then you go to a, grab that's it. For the day. Then well then you go to grab it and you're like, "Oh, I'll find a different a dry spot." But then you end up putting your nose like right oh. back in the big slug of of mucus. Yeah, that was- I gagged.
2: Stop. <laughs> Stop.
5: Yeah. You're ridiculous. That happens. Uh, you say undershirts.
2: What are what is the median age of a, an undershirt in your oh. in your wardrobe, Rob? I'll let you go first. Okay. I have three from 2005,
5: and I have okay. five from 2011. Mark, um,
1: how do you how do you know that so quickly? Oh, like, that's... do you have like I'm a huge weirdo? In, do you have, you have you have like, <laughs> like an inventory of your undershirts?
5: That that well, was amazing. No, just like I don't buy them too often.
1: Golly, well, okay, so I just bought a a three pack a gray, a black, and a white undershirt and before oh. but before that I have like the the v neck white undershirts I wear like under my dress shirts, and I've probably had them ten years eight eight to ten years
2: old I have two kinds of undershirts they're all the same brand, but I can tell half of them are size extra large jockeys from when I was you know much substantially larger man yeah. those are from I believe 1999. Gosh, those are pre-turn of the century undershirts, and then the other half are size large. When you know, I bought them within probably like the last, uh, I don't know, probably around 2006,
1: 2007. Because it's like the uh, undershirt. I can
5: tell you, I would feel weird like (laughs) onto a t-shirt that old, much less like wearing it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) 1999. Well, uh, you know, times were different then. Yeah, Cisco was on the charts, for example. Yeah, that's what I was trying to come up with. I was like, let like some popular music or yeah, movies. Hey,
1: Macarena. <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of laundry, um, undershirts are kind of like I I know like I bought like the the black undershirt very rarely do I need the black undershirt but I need it but when I go to try to find it I can never find the black undershirt and so it's kind of reminds me of like how socks will disappear and I love how I love the Seinfeld bit about how socks are just like always like thinking about their escape like when they're in the dryer they're all talking to each other like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna hide up against the wall here and then run for it because socks is that do y'all have trouble keeping up with your socks but well, this sock that I have
2: on right now has, uh, was, is kind of like the Richard Matt of socks. Like he was planning his escape and uh, <laughs> finally we found him and he's oh. a huge hole in the heel of it. <laughs> hey, that is he's all drunk leaning up against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and a giant hole
5: I'm blown in
1: it. <laughs> oh, jeez.
5: Uh, we were joking about like me inventorying my like undershirts. Yeah. But I for real, I keep pretty careful track of my socks.
2: You uh switch out all your socks once a year still, right? No, I stopped I stopped doing that. Do you have yeah, a, do you Rob, have Rob used to be around Christmas time Rob would get a whole new stable of socks and it was just like the changing of the guard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you mark right or left on your socks? No. Why Did would you, you mark
5: that? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on your underwear? No, but my oh, mom... Mark doesn't wear underwear.
1: <laughs> my yeah. mom writes uh, on Mark Rogers on my underwear, and then I leave them in people's houses. And then you them. them. <laughs> <laughs> I also, my underwear now, I only... Okay, this, here's another thing. You said boxers. Ever since I have, dis- you know, we decided that I will bear no more children. You know, which is the plan. You know, I we, I started wearing boxers in high school. When you hear the thing about, oh, if you wear, you know, wear boxer uh, briefs, it's gonna like mess with your sperm count. We need sperm because we're guys, and the sperm needs to, you know, just go you don't everywhere. Need to to mark yeah that. So, so did you? Was that a was that a bleep? <laughs> Do I need to mark that? What did you That's say? That was clean. Yeah. I'm a man say, and
2: we need sperm. I think is what you said. Did you say <laughs> along those line?
1: Did but did you no, did you say the F word just then?
2: No, I said no, no, fat.
1: Oh, okay. So, ever since I you know, I've decided that we're done, I have been wearing uh, whitey tighties tidies exclusively uh, for like the last probably f- f- two years.
5: Zoinks. Easy to stain that's the only that's the only downside <laughs> well white
1: no ones i have well i have white ones i have gray ones i have black the black ones are yeah. and they're kind of they're a little bit smaller so they kind of look like the uh the old what is it called the banana hammock banana <laughs> not yeah. really but they're kind of small and so i like to prance around the house in them uh, that's good when the kids are gone and when everyone's gone and i'm home alone by myself when
5: you're singing uh <laughs> bob seger's uh, old time <laughs> rock and roll
1: with a like a dress shirt on untucked yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) no tucked in tucked into your black your black uh, panties
1: (laughs) by the way panties i have two daughters and i I hate that well i'm stopping calling i'm not calling them panties anymore i've put my foot down they are underwear yeah
2: Yeah. that's fine okay
5: it's like infantilizing, and I don't like that.
1: We're at yeah. like we're at like 16 minutes, and I'll probably make it 15 minutes after I delete the dead dog talk. <laughs> 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 so, is this Rick? Are we good here? Is this good? I
2: think we're good. This is another uh, zero point uh, humans being human segment with my brother Rob, uh, where we tell Rob. Hey uh you have 15 minutes for us. We don't have anybody for humans being human. Think of a funny story and we don't talk about any funny stories. We just start talking and jokes come out. I have my story ideas like written down in a notepad
5: like right in front of me and we didn't use any of them. Really? Okay, you know hey yeah. Rob,
2: do you have hey Rob, do you, do you have, have 10 15 more
5: minutes. More minutes? Uh, I don't know. Let me let me check on Nash. Hang okay. on a second. All right, Mark, cut it off. All right, just just wait here, okay? That's what she All right.
1: said. All right, thank you William Robert Bentley. Remember, when I used to say that. That's Rob's real legal name. Mm, rob.
2: Good one! Sorry. You figured it out. Yeah. You, cracked, you cracked the code there, Invest- <laughs> Inspector Gadget.
1: So we will have Rob back on, as I said. So we thank you. Please go to rob. dot com for all of his, that. Is not a website. All of his jokes. What is his website? Doesn't he? Doesn't he still write? Uh, is that? Can we say that? He used
2: that? to. I, I don't know if he wants us to throw that out there. Okay. We'll
1: find out. Okay. So uh, just Google. Uh, he used uh,
2: to do some like short story writing, but I think he's he hadn't done that in a while.
1: Okay. All right. It is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week. Something you can do st- start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this one is sort of uh, all the. I guess all the the tips of the week up to this point. So eighty four tips of the week have all been like something that you can do yourself. And this one is a little uh, deviation from that. And so uh, it, it's kind of that concept. Uh, and this comes from Dave Ramsey. Uh, and Entre Leadership, a, a book that he wrote. And uh, it's it's the concept that one horse, like there's these Belgian draft horses are like the strongest horses. And one Belgian draft horse can, can usually pull about 8,000 pounds. And so you'd think if you put another Belgian draft horse next to it uh, on the same harness that they would together pull 16,000 pounds. But that's not the case. They can actually pull... Twenty to twenty-four thousand pounds, so almost three times more. So it's almost like there's an extra, an extra horse. Sort of this mythical horse is like added into the equation when you're working together. Um, so just, so I guess like unity um, it, it is never easy. I mean, we're not designed to be uh, alone all the time, and we are designed to bond to things. I mean, we've talked about that on the show uh, when we talked to Susan McCauley about addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, don't don't try to do anything by yourself. That's you know that's that's worth doing. Obviously, like you need to shower, you know you need to clean, your bathe yourself. That's there are the brush your own teeth, that kind of thing. But you know, for things that actually matter and and things that uh, mean anything, do them with other people.
2: Well, and I think uh, you hit on it very briefly. Sometimes we, you know, oh, I can do this myself, or I can take this on. I can, I can do this, I can do that because uh, you know I'm a I'm a smart, hard worker, yada yada. But and I think that's the temptation sometimes is to think that. But you really do need to lean on other people. Uh, and and maybe give some of the uh, some control to other people. I I know me personally. I I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but you know I have maybe some of those tendencies. But when you uh, have a partnership with some, I'm thinking specifically of like my marriage with my wife. Uh, when you partner with somebody, it seems like you can get a lot more done, and you trust in them that they're going to do their end, and you tr- they trust in you that you're going to hold up your end, and uh, things just move smoothly smoother and quicker. So. Uh, don't be afraid to trust somebody to help you accomplish your goals. I think is is a is a good way to sum that up.
1: Boom! There you go. So, uh, colla- Boom, Indeed, collaboration is this is the station. Mm. Collaboration. Stop. Collaboration stop. station. Don't, okay. So, um, let's see. Is there anything else? Any other sort of house cleaning? things that we need to talk about before i close us out here
2: leave us a review on itunes
1: we've actually gotten uh we got some some reviews in june thank you for everybody that left us a review including the one star scathing review which we have been waiting for for so long
2: it's not exactly a real scathing (laughs) review but it's kind of funny so thank you uh thank you joe for 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 leaving us our our finally our final (laughs) scathing review uh also like us on facebook follow Mark on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are at simply human because that was his football <clears> number because we <throat> can throw a football over the mountains. And if you like something that we post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, share it, retweet it, uh, regram it or share it on Facebook. That helps us get our message across to all of your people in your newsfeed. I have some, some good people, uh, uh somebody that I work with that, uh, when we put up our link for, uh, every show, uh, they will, sh- uh, it's a husband and wife. Uh, they will share it, uh, to all their followers. So we appreciate that sincerely. So if you can share our message to all the people that are in your, uh, friend group that maybe would like some, some easy nutrition advice, easy movement advice, easy sleep or, you know, uh, stress relief advice, you like what we do, share it to your people because it helps us get the word out.
1: Boom. All right. Quit um, saying boom. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I said three minutes. I know. Man, thank you. Thank you, Rick. You know, that, you're that there's another tip of the week. Just just cut say the, thank you to me. Just cut the cut the BS with people and just just say things if you're you know, hey, you need to stop doing that. And just stop being passive aggressive and just say things to people and I will stop saying boom, thank you for saying that. <laughs> boom. Um, okay. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Simian podcast. Coming up next time, we have um, someone uh from from uh, England. I can't remember exactly where in England. Do you remember off the top of your head? <laughs> somewhere in there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So it's uh it's a it's a stress uh, episode. We're going to talk about stress and uh, sleep and all sorts of good stuff like that. Uh, then we've got um, a, phys- a local physician here who is very into sort of the. Uh, homeopathic medicine, and he's got long hair, so you know he knows what he's talking about. Um, Far out, man! Yeah. Simplify!
4: <laughs> so, <that's, Super> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's coming up. We also have, uh, we're going to have Kate Galliet back on, we're going to have John Smith back on, we're going to have Jonathan Baylor. Uh, I, was actually, oh, I was actually... I was just
2: thinking the other day, it's been forever since we talked to him. Yeah,
1: I was listening to an old show that he was on, and I I uh, I just, I reached out to him and was like, hey man, we need to have you back on the show, and he said, anytime. So, uh, we we were actually doing that. Yeah, uh, you do that audio texting back and forth. So it was kind of funny. Uh, we were we were being uh, fu- goofy. If I don't ever
2: listen to those. Yeah, I know. because Thanks. I I don't want everyone else to hear my business <laughs>
1: or your business. Right. Well, so yeah, I'll stop sending them to you. Um, you should. It's my it's, it's all my confessions. I send to you. Although I do disappear. understand,
2: like uh, if you're driving, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's a good convenient thing to do while you're driving. But
1: so lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, follow us online or find us online at simplymanlifestyle.com um remember the primalprofessional.com the uh the shoes with a zero drop but a false heel so they look like they have a heel uh uh, there's a link on our uh, website. You can go through there and check those out. Email the show at simplyhuman lifestyle at gmail.com or email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. So please leave us a review. We already mentioned that. Good or bad, any publicity is good publicity. Thanks for making us part of your day. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we sincerely appreciate you listening and being a part of what we're doing here. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast.
2: And remember, I
5: wouldn't yeah. put on our mantle. We have it in our study. <laughs> Cookies in our study. Or her remains, it's not her.
1: No way. Obviously.
5: Really? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, eventually we'll take and scatter her in some special places.
1: How old was Cookie? 14. So until next time, enjoy yourself.